Welcome to the Spirituality of Strength Training with your host, Anna Willard. This podcast is dedicated to bring you knowledge, wisdom, inspiration, and guidance to wherever you may be on your health journey. For those who are new to me, I am a kettlebell strength coach, a movement nerd ninja, and an empowerment coach on a mission to bring you hope through our health. The root word of health comes from wholeness. The root word of wholeness comes from holy. Despite our differences with religion and spiritual beliefs, we are all human beings with a body that is designed to reflect this holiness through our health. It wasn't until my seventh year as a health profession where I went into a deep awakening of understanding what does it mean to train my spirit and to heal my spirit through the physical. You'll hear a little bit more about my story from other health professionals, from strength coaches, psychiatrists, spiritual gurus and leaders, to other people who talk about the importance of our health as a community body and the health of our planet as well. This podcast is to allow us to step into our whole health, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Thank you for being here. If you love what you hear, I encourage you to subscribe. If you want more inspiration and quotes from these podcasts, I encourage you to follow me on Instagram at Anna underscore Willard underscore. I encourage you to do a little bit of a movement, either yoga flow, go for a walk, sit in nature as you enjoy this episode. Hey, strong ones. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we have a beautiful guest named Janine. She has been practicing counseling for the last 30 years, hosted many retreats, and now is moving into more of the spiritual life coaching. Janine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Anna. It's great to be here. Yeah. Can you just share first of just um, the difference um, between the counseling and the spiritual life coaching? How is that different from the counseling? Ooh, wow. That's a very good question. (laughs) Um. Well, clinical counseling really involves going into the uh, kind of the unresolved trauma of the past. And there's, there's not a whole lot of difference except for, this, for the nuance that when we're clinically counseling, we're kind of guided ethically not to necessarily inject our own spiritual beliefs into mm. this. And I really have been leaning much more toward my own spiritual growth and development and getting some amazing awakening type experiences. And so Mm -hmm. that's leading me to want to move away from so much of the the trauma focused angle of things Mm. to helping people to really embrace the divinity within themselves and really uh, begin to live from a, a state of trusting in that. So in many ways, it's very, very similar, but in, uh, but from a clinical counseling standpoint, there's a lot, if I move as moving into the spiritual realm, for me, it feels like a lot more freedom to lead with 
um, the spiritual depth and the messages that I personally have been receiving over this past year. Cool. So a question about the counseling aspect, because the listeners know I was in grad school for psychology two years ago and dropped out because of health issues I was going through, but also just the program just wasn't the right fit for me. My question with the counseling aspect, do you think we focus too much on trauma and it inhibited or inhibits the actual healing process and prolongs the healing? Well, that's been something I've been chewing on with, especially my spiritual I think you can linger there too long. Right. Um, There's definitely value in being able to look for the root of the, what I call core messages that are driving our behavior patterns. Right. Um, And taking the, the time that we need to bring bring the loving, compassionate voice of truth to that so that we can release it and rewrite it. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely value in that to me. Mm-hmm. But I think you can spend too much time there and just perpetuate more of the suffering than is necessary. And sometimes we get kind of addicted to that state of mind. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what was hard for me because I did a lot of personal work prior to the counseling and then part or when I applied for the counseling program and then it, part of the program was required counseling on top of that. And I just didn't feel like it was really helpful with all the stuff that I had already worked through. Um, so that's where I thought I was just like, no, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing with the strength training. Cause there's so much more, I think sometimes talking too much about something is not helpful. It's like, I go back and forth on it because it does needs to be said and spoken and get out of the physical body. But at the same time, I think we can create almost, do you think, here's a question here. Do you think we can create almost a victimhood and woe is me with focusing too much on trauma and hurt? We certainly can. Mm-hmm. However, I would say by and large, the counseling community is very aware of that. Ah, and, yes. and the goal is to, help people move out of that victim state of mind. Mm-hmm. However, you know, even as counselors, we can fall into kind of that codependent angle where we take on too much pain of, you know, we share that pain with the other person. And then we all end up spending a little too much time there. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm with you completely. I'm a big fan of exercise and working out and I've dealt with my share of uh, health issues as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think there is so much to be gained, you know, so often I just want to, you know, teach a a class and, you know, it could be yoga or working out different varieties and forms of that just to help people reclaim their, their power and their sense of strength. And oftentimes I'll refer people for yoga or self-defense classes. Mm -hmm. How important is it to do this type of body work while going through and healing some of the traumatic past? So when you refer to body work, you mean like physical fitness and exercise? All the above. Okay. Okay. Um, I think it's an absolutely beautiful blend. Right. <laughs> so from a, from a therapeutic standpoint, we, we come with an awareness, at least my angle, um, is to come with an awareness that goes into experiencing what the body is feeling physically. Mm-hmm. You know, at any given place within your body, your chest, your head, your, you know, anywhere. And, and 
explore the emotions that are resting there so that you can free those. So, so it all starts with being deeply in tune and learning how to tune into what's happening within the body. And then from that place of attunement, then you're in so much better of a place to be able to start releasing and moving into the fullness of who you are through physical exercise, you know, whether it's, you know, kickboxing or I see that you, you know, you do the kettlebell. I'm curious to know all the different things you can yeah. do <laughs> um, or yoga. So there, it's a beautiful blend because, mm -hmm. because it's through the movement and the breath and the rhythm of the movement and even the music that we help to also shift everything that we're experiencing physically, you know, mm -hmm. so we're needing to shift negative patterns, thinking patterns. Yeah. It all just breaks free, free when you move through movement and mm -hmm. physical action. Yeah. Go ahead. I also find that when you are in that, in that state of thriving physically, you know, when you're working out, when you're, in it or you know it could be a real vigorous workout or it could be something fun like zumba or dancing it can bring you out of your mind out of the head stuff that keeps you feeling really isolated and separate from your source mm -hmm. so so to move into the exercise with it helps you to just free out free all the mind stuff the head stuff and the physical blocks that you experience so you can move back into what for me is your more natural state, your natural mm -hmm. state of grace and joy. And so, you know, you get to fall back into being a kid again and having yeah. fun and seeing how you can push yourself or just, you know, being silly. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think there was at the very beginning when I launched this show, I talked a, a I think I did an episode on this. I'll have to go back and review, but I talked about the importance of having like a childlike spirit um, versus being childish uh, and how I think sometimes when we think say that childlike spirit sometimes people think of going back to that misbehaving like two-year-old or the terrible twos or something like that where we miss the essence or that innocence uh, that children bring uh, can you talk a little bit more about the importance of how you bring out the innocence um, or that childlike spirit of that I don't know so, what I'm trying, trying to say, but okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> to, me, to me, it's like moving back into your natural state. You know, yeah. That state where you are not encumbered by self-judgment, by the, you know, the self-doubt, by the inner critic, what I call all the ego mind messages or the messages of the separated state, the mm -hmm. messages that want us, you know, that keep us in this sense of separation from our source, from God, from, from others. Mm -hmm. So so to move back into that childlike state is that place where you really just are able to free yourself mm -hmm. from all of that stuff and, and then can just be who you naturally would be without it all, right? <laughs> which is fun and silly and seizing life and living from your inner passion and your inner truth. What is the, yeah, with that, what's the importance of having like physical habits like or not habits physical activities like I exercise so I can go and enjoy things in life whatever that may be um what's the importance of having that versus just exercise along with oh, that child that's like, a very, very big nuance there because yeah there, there are some people that that exercise vigorously 
but they're already they're living still in that state of striving and feeling like they have to accomplish something and earn their worth through you know through the accomplishments with the exercise so that is not what i'm talking about because yeah. that just breeds more inner angst <laughs> yeah. and and stress and mm -hmm. it's harder on your body mm -hmm. but when you're able to exercise from that place of and and like you were talking about with a routine you know daily nurturing yourself mm -hmm. with the freedom of letting kind of the toxins go as you're exercising letting the con physical constrictions go um, within your body of all the you know the work stuff or the right. striving when you're in that place on a regular basis then it's just self-love you mm -hmm. know it's just being loving and compassionate to yourself mm -hmm. to let yourself daily just enjoy that release and not worrying about what other people think and just seeing you know what your body can do without the head stuff yeah yeah does that make sense? it I, does yeah I, yeah I, that's why i asked that question because like what motivates me to like stay you know true to like some of the exercise routines that i have is the fact of like i get to go do this and enjoy it whether that's water skiing surfing rock climbing whatever that is mm. and i think there's that's where i feel like for me where i find that childlike spirit or when I see clients who are able to go through an exercise, they never thought they would have the strength to do something like that. And that, mm. like that excitement, like, you know, bubbles through. And so that's why I asked that question. Cause I think it's really important to have that childlike spirit with training for like certain goals and everything. Cause then it amplifies whenever you accomplish whatever you're training for or having that certain goal. Right. And do you also find you have more energy? Yeah. You know, when you're yeah. not judging yourself, when you're not in that place of any expectations, but you're just really like enjoying the challenge of it or just mm -hmm. the, or being, you know, connecting with nature, you just, you feel energized because you're not encumbered by the headspace, the ego mind stuff. Right. Which ends up, you know, restricting everything physically within your body. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Going back to what you were talking about a little bit before with like the self-love, one of the questions I have with this concept, because when this became kind of like a hot topic, I was a little jaded at first because I was like, what is self-love without the other person? Like you can't, we can't, we're, we're a community um, um, species. We, we thrive off of community from each other and having that network of support and love from other people as well. But how do you define self-love with the fact that we also need love from others and other people need love from us? It's surprising, actually, if I use the word self-love because I never use that word. Oh, it's too funny. <laughs> so, you brought it up. For me, it's more about getting connected with that inner uh, love compassionate voice of love within you mm -hmm. and with our higher source, you know, what, you know, whatever you want to name that, if it's, it's God or Allah or, you know, spirit or your inner being. And, and it's about discovering your innate worth within that as part of like just that extension of divine love. Mm -hmm. And so from that place, when we know who we really are and when we feel that interconnection to spirit to the truth of where we're from and the divineness within us mm -hmm. 
then we remove the blocks that keep us from feeling that shared love with mm -hmm. each other. And we're more able to be open mm -hmm. to experiencing and loving each other without judgment, without fear. We're more able to just be in that state of acceptance and embracing yeah. the other person. Yeah. Now you sent me, was this a book that you wrote kind of talking a little bit about all that stuff that you just shared? Okay. So there's, there's, Two, there's two books that are okay. in the mix. There's a guided journal that I wrote many years ago. Uh -huh. okay? Okay. And I, I wrote that um, from the standpoint of really wanting to get myself and my loved ones and my clients um, out of the space of only journaling when you're feeling negative stuff. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to help all involved um, get our minds on things that really help us to align with our inner truth. Uh -huh. So, so that guided journal, actually I've taken it out of print. I've just got a few left that I'm um, using kind of as a bonus. If people are able to donate to my website, then I'm sending that book out. Oh, nice. Um, but I worked in that for a good few years just to get my mind in the space that I wanted it to be in. Mm -hmm. um, now the book that I'm working on right now is called Your Indelible Word. Oh. And that has come from... Uh, really amazing past year that I've had. Uh-huh. There were, shall I give you a little bit of the backstory so I yeah, can tell you about it? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, mm -hmm. okay yeah. so about two years ago, I had, I was really getting tapped out and kind of burnt out from, I think, probably over empathizing with my client's grief mm -hmm. and with the pain of all of that and watching way too much news. <laughs> And at some point I realized I was making myself physically sick. I was just really not in a good space from that standpoint. And I realized I was creating my own experience by what I was putting my mind on. Mm. So I committed to myself and I've taught meditation for years, mm -hmm. but I, I committed to a daily practice of meditation with a desire and an intention to acknowledge, to God to what I call lovingly love itself um, to really hear what love itself wanted me to hear because mm. I have had a sense and I, I've had some pretty powerful kind of revelation experiences over my life and I've had a sense of love itself has wanted to say more and I just wasn't listening mm. so I sat to meditate for 30 minutes to sometimes upwards of an hour uh, just beginning on January 1st of last year. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had recorded like the dates of things. I wasn't thinking of that mm. at the time, but I really started, I discovered very quickly kind of a floodgate of messages that came through to me. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I would credit that to, I think I was just very, very open mm -hmm. and willing. And these, a sentence would start to come to me and I'd be able suddenly realizing this was not me, at least not the conscious self I'm usually aware of. Right. It certainly wasn't my ego messages beginning to speak. And so I just kind of wait. And the first line seemed to just kind of keep repeating itself until I said, okay, maybe I should get a pen and paper and write this down. Uh -huh. and as soon as I started to write, then it would just flow. Mm. And so I just get these messages that for me, 
you know, there'd be times I'd just be crying through them or other times I was ecstatic. Mm -hmm. Often it, as it began, it was, it was usually addressing one of my own personal issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to, to a place where I'm like, well, you're starting to help me work through all my stuff. What if I stop having issues? Are you going to stop talking? Oh. <laughs> I was telling that to a, a friend. We both just kind of laughed about that. But um, but I've gotten reassurance since. No, I'm always here. Actually, always here for all of us. Mm-hmm. But most of us just really don't allow ourselves to take the time to be in that still, quiet place to to let go of all the ego messages, so that we can start to hear that inner that inner truth within mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. So. So I had already been trying to form a book, but I didn't, it wasn't quite coming and I was working too hard at it and I wasn't quite sure what the format should be. And then these messages started coming and then I realized, oh, this is the book. Mm. <laughs> so it's essentially kind of a blend between a devotional and maybe a workbook. Um, it's kind of your own emotional journey Mm-hmm. to help you sit and daily do some meditation mm-hmm. and get yourself in a space that you're really open to hear these messages from love itself, mm-hmm. which are really quite deep and powerful um, because they really are helping you to move through your own emotional blocks that keep you from living in that natural state of joy, your, your inner truth. Right. Um, and so then there's some reflection that comes after that as well. And then I also have a blend of kind of some of the psychotherapy tools that have worked better as far as when I'm feeling heavy or stuck or my mind's just got a hold of me and I can't get out of that rut. Mm-hmm. There's some tools in there to, to help you to push through or move through some of those emotional blocks and more fully absorb the truth of the messages. Within. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I called it your indelible worth because that was the resounding message that was coming through. Mm-hmm especially in the beginning, like it seemed like for a month, it'd be like one topic would just get hammered into me. (laughs) Uh, And it was the stuff I needed to work on. And the first one was recognizing my worth, Mm -hmm. my my true, innate, indelible, unchangeable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that of all of us. Mm -hmm. And then there's been about, I've kind of been able to piece it together to about 12, 12 different lessons that all the messages seem to group pretty well under. So got it. There's a, yeah. So there's about a month for each of the lessons. When you were writing your book um, and you're getting those messages or um, some people call them like spiritual downloads. Mm, um, Were you also doing a lot of body work at that same time? I know you were mentioning how much you're meditating and being still and everything like that. And I can relate when I wrote my book, I was, out in nature majority of the time. Um, I took all my clients outside um, and I just made sure I was in nature during that process of when I was writing. I wasn't Mm -hmm. inside. And so I think that can relate to how you were in that process of meditation of just being open to those like downloads and messages. Um, So yeah, any body work with that to help with those or was it just the the aspect of meditation, that's all you needed? Well, you know what? I don't know if I know the answer to that as far as if, you know, what people need to be able Mm. to fully do that. However, I would say that I've spent, 
you know, as a counselor for 30 years, and I'm also a student of A Course in Miracles, which Hi. is a spiritual self-study guide, which helps you to push through your own emotional stuff as well. Right. Blocks. Mm -hmm. um, but I, so I've used a lot of any tool that I've ever learned to help people push through their own emotional blocks that they, that we first carry physically within ourselves. Mm -hmm. I've used on myself. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I don't try anything to help someone else that I haven't first used to help me work through my own stuff. So I would right. have to say there's been a lot of, you know, a blend of, it's interesting. You call body work like the physical exercise. Mm, yeah. I call the body work, the physical, the um, moving into the awareness mm. of the body mm -hmm. and shifting things through the body in that way that actually ends up being physical movement and releasing kinds of exercises. Right. It's kind of like maybe a spectrum and then you get to the, to the all out. Physical yeah. Exercise. No, that's good that you brought up the difference between the two. Um, mm -hmm. Cause I think sometimes I jump the gun of just like body work is movement versus body work also is just the awareness of how your body's feeling within that sensation or when you're writing or like the, the tears that are coming. Um, well, and, there, and there's also, I mean, just from a, from the counseling standpoint, that body work does move into physical yes. exercise mm -hmm. to release as well. Yeah. And so to answer your question, so I've, I've always done a blend of that. And I've always loved it. loved exercise. Mm -hmm. So I would probably, at any given day, I would have been doing some yoga or some some type of physical exercise as well. Mm -hmm. um, and awesome. I do quite a variety. So, but I don't yeah. get what you get as far as to be able to rock, climb, and surf. And no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those. I mean, those. I don't do. In, all, in Ohio, we're more limited, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> um, I had another question. So you mentioned it like the, um, how you're getting to that phase of burnout, which I think is really common and it's a fine line us health or us who are in the service providing, um, care aspect. And you're watching a lot of the news and how your body was, re was reacting to some of this stuff. Um, I want to dive in more on that, but my first question goes into what's the importance or what's the balance of understanding what's going on in the world versus completely shutting that off and still being aware of what's going on globally, nationally, community, like just even in your neighborhood versus just sure. completely self-work because we do have a role in some of these things, but I, what's the balance or what is there a healthy balance to some of this stuff? Because there's, I feel like there's negativity on a lot of spectrums on whatever aspect is going on in the world or wherever you're getting your news source. Right. So for me, I honestly did have to break my addiction to the news walk watching and to the kind of the suffering I was creating for myself. Right. I had to just stop altogether uh -huh. for a while. Yeah. Um, now it's not to say that I don't think it's valuable to just pay attention and listen to what people are saying is happening to stay in tune. But I do think that we have more power to affect a positive change in our world and in our communities when we're mm. keeping ourselves in a place of love and connection rather than regurgitating the suffering that's happening, you know, or the right. things that seem unfair or unjust. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a, there is a fine balance and I would have to weigh heavily on the, you know, 90% 
stay in that, get yourself in that place of connection and mm-hmm. being connected to the love that you are. Right. So that you then have that to go out and to give and to, ex- to expand, to help others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah, I, I think there's a it's there's definitely value in awareness, but there's a right real tipping point between awareness and joining in and regurgitating the suffering and and thinking that we don't have a right then to feel joy or happiness mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. others are suffering. Right. And yet it's only from our place of our truth and our joy that I think that we have the power to help alleviate suffering and to help bring other people up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was great. Thank you for that. Because I think even with just what's going on with the US, I, I find myself already like diving into trying to get as much information as I need to understand how, what, where do I stand on all of this? But it's just like you said, it's a very slippery slope to go down and just start accumulating and be at that same voice of, I wouldn't say complaint, but of that worry. Um, right. Yeah. Versus, you know, go ahead. well, well, I was just going to say, just like you said, you, I think you, when you are able to have that self-reflection and live from the place of joy and love um, and fulfillment, that's where you're able to serve the world in a greater purpose versus joining that crowd of voice of that worry. Um, Cause then I think you are able to see it also from a clear mind from that perspective. And something I've been learning even more so as well in, in receiving from these messages is that when we tune into that, the voice of love itself within ourselves, and when mm-hmm. we learn to connect with that, that love that is greater than all of us, mm-hmm. there is a power in that, that shift can shift things more than we can physically do by ourselves. Mm. So, you know, from that collective consciousness of being focused in a place, right. Of, uh, there's more power to shift than there is in our small little independent selves thinking mm-hmm. we're alone and have to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Um, any advice on burnout? Is it avoidable? How do you manage? Do you, do people in our field need to take bigger breaks? What, what's your advice on burnout? Cause there's been a couple of times in my career where I'm like, tap me out, take me uh, out coach, you know, type of thing. Right. It's like, I need a break. Um, And yeah, I would love to hear your advice on that. So when I first started counseling, my first job right out of recovery from cancer myself. Oh, wow. I I had cancer when I was in my 20s, just right out of college. Uh And as I was recovering, you know, I was looking for my first one of my first jobs. And the hospice job is what was seemed to be opened up and calling me. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to focus on living. I don't want to focus on dying. But, but that was the turning point for me as far as um, beginning to understand just when you're connecting with, with people who are dying, Mm -hmm. you're starting to hear messages and hopeful things 
and stories about, you know, this is not all there is. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was kind of a turning point in realizing there's, there's, I've always had a strong faith, but seeing very clearly that there is something more mm-hmm. um, to all of this. And it's mm-hmm. not just, doesn't just stop here. <laughs> right. Um, so, but with my hospice work, that was where I learned that to take on another person's grief is not saving them from their own grief. Right. Yeah. You're just kind of falling in the well yourself. Right. So that was one of the early lessons I learned was to give myself permission to not have to go there mm-hmm. uh, in the in the midst of that deep grief. Now, given that I used that and knew that for so long, I still ended up getting burnout. <laughs> yeah. And I, th- and I think it's really, really valuable that we learn to be even more loving and more compassionate with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Something that I don't think most of us in the helping professional give, professionals give ourselves permission to do. Mm-hmm. Like more permission to set stronger boundaries, to say I can only see you know, this many people, this is my limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and to really take the time every day to make sure you know, you have your own quiet meditation time, you have your own exercise time, you have mm-hmm. your own time to go do something fun. Mm-hmm. Probably maybe 15 years ago, I committed to not seeing any clients before 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. because that morning time became my my quiet time, my, right. my time to meditate and time mm-hmm. to connect. And I had to really breathe through a lot of anxiety about that because there were so many other things I should have been doing in my right yeah but that became you know a good part of my my Mm -hmm. practice Mm -hmm. and that and exercise i Mm -hmm. i I think we all in the helping professionals err on the side of giving more than is probably healthy for us right yeah a couple questions with what you just shared what's the difference of taking someone's grief on versus holding space for the grief and how do you approach it and any advice on that? Hmm. Um, well, I think when, for me, when I can stay grounded in the presence of love itself within me, mm-hmm. then I can surrender the outcome and I let go mm-hmm. of the need to, to yeah. think I have to come up with a solution or fix it. Mm-hmm. And then I can stay more in a space of just extending love and kind of wrapping the space in love and just joining that person where they're at without having to take it on myself from the standpoint that I should be able to fix this or make it mm-hmm. go away. Or, um, but it's very tricky because yeah. there's always going to be some grief that gets tapped in you at certain points. You know, it might pull up you know, just your own, it could be you're just grieving for the circumstance, or it could be it brings up your own feeling memories of a loss. Or, right. Um, and at that point, it might just be more so that we have to give ourselves permission to say, okay, I need, I need a day off. Mm-hmm. I need some time for myself to process this mm-hmm. and to let, let nature have its way with me or, mm-hmm. you know, just to heal, just mm-hmm. to take care of myself for a while because we're human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it's probably not realistic to expect that we're always going to be able to do that. Right. Yeah. You're, you keep mentioning um, these messages, which I'm kind of referring to like the spiritual downloads. Can you elaborate a little bit more on 
how you started hearing these, what they are, um, and how are you using them or how are you interpreting them? So I find this ironic actually, because these messages I realize now are messages we all need to hear messages. Mm -hmm. We all, it addresses all our own stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the irony is, I sometimes I laugh because this clearly can't be me because I'm not doing very well following these messages. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I'm just like a case in point. Let me be an example for you of someone who's trying to, you know, absorb these messages and live them. Right. And it's one thing to hear them. Mm -hmm. And I can be in a wonderful state of peace and bliss and feeling completely con connected to love itself, mm -hmm. feeling that oneness and, you know, not attached to my sense of, you know, my own identity, who I am as a mother or a counselor, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But it could be, you know, just several hours later, my head stuff just takes me away again and I get mm -hmm. caught back in it. So, so these messages have really been just like love itself helping me get out of my own way and mm. teaching me about really the power of that d divine connection with love itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the guided journal that I told you about earlier right. follows in many ways, you know, the concepts of the law of attraction. I'm mm -hmm. not sure if you're familiar with that, but mm -hmm. you know, what we put into our minds, we, we create, we, we are the creators of our life experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and these messages are just, just, it, they're like the depth and the meat behind how this all works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what, what it really takes to trust and how you really, how you really practice trust mm -hmm. and what really comes from, from when you trust, from when mm -hmm. you really align with that, that divine that is within you and mm -hmm. trust in that how then you join in the co-creative power of the universe mm -hmm. how things do you know how what you put your mind on really does come back to you because you've been in that place of connection mm -hmm. and in your natural state free of all the voices mm -hmm. of the ego mind of that state of separation yeah is this are you saying this is almost like your gut instinct or comes something completely different I can't call this my gut instinct. Okay. Um, this for me feels like I've just tapped into the divine within. Uh -huh. And I think that is within all of us. Right. Absolutely. It's absolutely within yeah. all of us. Um, but I, I just really committed to letting myself receive it. Mm. And I think there's a certain degree, which I'm realizing here recently, I had to acknowledge a certain degree of letting myself acknowledge that I'm worthy to receive it mm. because I think so often the, the, the other irony is that there's been a year of these messages mm -hmm. and I've had a year of going in and out of my own denial. Like this can't mm -hmm. be real. I must be making this up. You know? <laughs> and, and I think that's what we're all experiencing in life is we're living in kind of a state of denial as far as there is a higher source that is there for us mm -hmm. and it's who we are. It, it is, we are part of it. Right. And yet we're all in this state of denial. Like that can't be real. I really should be more miserable. I'm really destined to a life of struggling. Mm. Um, when here's this, 
this higher power within all of us that's available and easily well it, yeah easily accessible if we if we allow ourselves to do the work mm-hmm. of, of noting you know am I listening to the voice of doubt in that separated state or am I listening for the voice of love itself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me it's it's also been you know just the irony of how can I be listening to these messages that are so profound and so powerful and I'll have different confirmations when I start to doubt, yeah, this is real. This really isn't, you know, just your subconscious speaking exactly. Yeah. Um, But then even I can, you know, go the next day and end up doubting again and end up in, you know, kind of denial. This can't be real and Mm -hmm. struggling back again with my own, you know, head stuff. Uh, Yeah. Worry about things. So Um, with all of this, um, because there's been times in my life where, I'll give, this is a very simple example. Um, it's a couple years ago, but I was in line for Starbucks and I was feeling super guilty for like, I can't afford coffee right now. I shouldn't be, you know, paying $3 for a cup of coffee. I should be at home making my own cup of coffee. You know, just like that mind game that sure. you play yes. sometimes. But I had this feeling of just like, don't worry, I got you covered. Yes. And the person in front of me paid for my coffee. And it was one of those moments where I was just like, okay, like he has me, he sees me, he hears me. Even like when I don't believe or like have that doubt or second guessing, is that what you're referring to with some of these? Yes. Mess? Yeah. Love itself is always there. Yeah. And, and that's kind of some of the profound messages that I've heard repeatedly, like I need to get it. I'm always always here. I'm not going anywhere. It's not about you having to find me. Mm. It's about you letting go enough so that you can hear me. So, and letting go, I think we don't talk about letting go enough. Um, Because there's been times, even just recently, where for me, um, it's more of that personal relationship with God. And my conversations with him have been lately of like, God, I miss you when I used to water ski. God, I miss you mm-hmm. um, when I could feel your presence, you know, with when I was training at this certain gym. Like, and it's one of those things of like, I'm here right now. Why don't you embrace me right now? Like, uh, yes, you hear that. Yeah. And so I, what it's hard because I think this is what um, can be challenging for people is when God or when you've had big moments or, um, really felt that connection. It's hard to let go of that feeling of the past to embrace that connection now because it could be even stronger. And that could be what's maybe intimidating or what pe- what's holding people back. Do you like, agree? like you have a new expectation every time? Oh, like I guess of- it's not necessarily expectation. It's um this was so sweet at this mm-hmm. moment. How could something be so much better than this? Mm. And how to let go of like those sweet moments, but still be grateful for those, but to allow more of those type of moments. Well, and I wonder if it's about letting go of those moments or about, for me, it's about savoring those moments and mm. going, oh, that was so wonderful when I heard you then. I'm looking forward to what, you know, to being in that space and yeah. hearing what else you have. For me. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I guess that's, that's my angle because it, right. Right. it, it reminds, when I savor those spaces, it reminds me that 
that love itself, that God is there. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, not, not going anywhere either. So right. I'm going to hear it again. Yeah. 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 But I've had other times, you know, I remember I was, I was in the midst of a divorce and I was very miserable and I'd gone on a big long walk and I sat under a tree and I still remember it was right in front of my house and I was just crying and just letting down and just, just, you know, just breathing and just kind of sitting with my grief. Mm -hmm. And I heard that kind of voice, just like you heard. Mm -hmm. And the voice was, remember who you are, mm -hmm. remember who you are, remember mm -hmm. who you are. So, so often for me, sometimes it comes in threes, mm -hmm. but I kind of like, I, it was really powerful and I've not forgotten it. But I notice when I think about just the denial or the rejection of that, mm. that I didn't let myself fully grasp the magnitude of that moment. You know, mm. I just kind of tucked it away and in a way just kind of disregarded it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think love itself is speaking to us and we hear it, but then we think, ah, oh, that can't be, or, you know, I must, maybe I made that up or, mm. and, and we kind of don't, we don't always let ourselves embrace the magnitude that the love itself is really, mm. really, really right here all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So fascinating. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. 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 And thank you for sharing yours. Oh, yeah. Of it's course. validating yeah. and it's yeah. good to hear other it people is. tell yeah. me, yes, I've had these moments too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, you mentioned the Course in Miracles. Can you just explain what that is. I've dabbled in it to a little bit. Um, and then if you're willing, cause I'm curious just mm -hmm. what your, if you have any religious backgrounds, cause I'm always fascinated with how people come across the course of miracles and what their background is mm -hmm. moving so, into it. I grew up in a, in a non-denominational church in Columbus, Ohio, okay. a really large one. I, I still love it. It's called first community church. Uh -huh. And something that was really powerful to me that I noticed about the church when I was growing up was that we had youth ministers from different denominations. Oh, so, interesting. you know, uh -huh. as one maybe moved on, then we ended up with one from a different denomination. So they're very much affiliated with the United Church of Christ. But I know we for sure we had one Baptist minister. And I'm pretty sure we had some from some other denominations. I was kind of young, so I mm -hmm. wasn't paying much attention. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very open and affirming and open-minded community. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty powerful for me. When I moved to this small town here in Ohio, just north of Columbus, um, I've experienced a whole kind of different culture of religion for me. And and so I'm I'm learning that not everyone has gotten the experience of a loving, mm -hmm. unconditionally loving, accepting right. Mm -hmm. God in their lives. And mm -hmm. um, so, so that's a little bit of the background there. Now, my, one of my sisters had given me the Course in Miracles. She'd just given me the book. I think maybe she'd already worked through it and I'm pretty sure, you know, maybe she just wasn't reading it at the time, but I had it for about 10 years before I started reading it. Mm -hmm. And I think it was kind of one of those God moments that I discovered it and started again, started in it. Cause the first time I picked it up, I was like, oh, this is just too much. It's a lot. <laughs> if you looked at it, it's hard. You have, yeah. to, <laughs> you have to let yourself be in an open state mm -hmm. of just absorbing it. And so when I started reading it, 
I just read maybe like a page at a time. Now there's a combination, there's a textbook mm -hmm. and then there's a workbook that goes with it. And there's also mm -hmm. a manual for teachers with it. So, so I'd read maybe a page of the text or if I would, if it was really pulling me in, I, you know, I'd keep going and read a few more. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I remember frequently just saying, God, help me get this. Mm -hmm. Just help me get this. Mm -hmm. And it did, it really, it really opened up for me and it really spoke to me. Mm -hmm. And then I do like one of the, um, one of the pages in the workbook every day, mm -hmm. which is, it's just all invaluable. I, I can't, it, it, it walked with me through all of the hard times yeah. know, from that point on. But, and it really is in many ways, the messages are, well, the concept is just similar to the messages I'm getting now. It's, we think that we're separate from our source. And so mm. we create this, um, the, the kind of our own suffering by being in the state of judgment or feeling like mm. we're guilty of something. Or, mm -hmm. And what we don't realize is that we are already, we're already safe and healed and whole mm -hmm. and, and more than enough just the mm -hmm. way we are. Mm -hmm. But it's really a process of helping you just to let go of those messages of the ego mind or the mm -hmm. state of separation that keep you thinking right. that you're alone in a scary world mm -hmm. and that you're a victim to this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How does that compare to the biblical text? For me, beautifully. Um, yeah. I'd actually, one of my undergraduate degrees was in religion. Oh, okay. Um, so... It, it for me it illuminates the biblical text it's it's kind of it feels like jesus is speaking in through the course and is saying let me help you get this because i don't think you quite got it right mm, i <laughs> see the, yeah the biblical text mm -hmm. so it really just illuminates it and i've been thinking here more recently especially since i've been getting these messages myself that i really want to go back through the new testament mm -hmm. and read again what is said you know what jesus was quoted as saying there right again just to now that I'm getting it so much more than I ever did before. So, uh -huh. Uh -huh. so for me, it's a perfect blend. It just explains it all. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. We're about um, running close to our time frame. Is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners? Would you care if I'd read one of these messages? Oh, please do. Um, yeah. Okay. So this is one that I received just this last week and I think this is meant for all of us okay let there be no more apologies for the grandeur that is you may you never again second guess the truth that is you your divinity in union with me may you know whose you are and make no excuses for our divine connection for it is your natural state with me May you surrender suffering and fear and choose again the truth of our union and therefore the peace and joy that is your inheritance. For you are only love and in the union, the merging of our one love is all freedom and all power in co-creation for nothing but love is real. Stand firm in your knowing. Breathe in only love. For that is what you are in union with me. 
Mm. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. Well, Janine, it was a pleasure having you on the show. I'm so glad we were able to connect. This has been a joy listening to you and knowing your story and understanding how we can be open to this power that's beyond our comprehension um, and understanding that they have us. It has us yeah. being that we're held in it. We're all okay. Um, it's yes. All okay. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for sharing that. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you're new to the show, welcome. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it out to your family and friends. And then for the show to continue to, to grow and reach other people who need to hear this message, give it the five stars and leave a comment below. Other than that, I'll be peacing out. Oh, you have one other thing? Can I mention one other thing? Yeah, thank go for it. Thank you so much, Anna. Yeah. Doing what you're doing. You, what a gift you are. Oh, thank you. And if people would like to read more about my story or about the book oh, yes. that's coming out, mm -hmm. my website is janinemillerdelaney.com. Um, should I spell that? No, well, I'll have <laughs> it in the show notes for everyone. Okay. Yeah, it'll Wonderful. be down in the show notes. Yes. And there's a free meditation at the end. And if you're interested in the free sample chapter of the book, if you mention Anna's podcast, and I'll go ahead and send that to you as well. Beautiful. Awesome. All right. Well, strong ones, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a blessed day. We are peacing out. Peace out. <laughs>, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I am super excited to invite you to my private Facebook group where we will be able to continue the conversations from these episodes. I'll share you my wisdom and knowledge about the artistic tool, the kettlebell, and other insights on how to live a healthy and whole life. Click the link below. And if you haven't yet, please leave a review with the five stars. It will help grow the show and spread this wisdom and knowledge of how to live a healthy and whole life to other people who may need it as well. Blessings on your journey and I look forward to connecting to you on Facebook.